السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا إنه من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون يا أيها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحدة وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والأرحام إن الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما أما بعد فإن أصدق الحديث كتاب الله تعالى وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم وشر الأمور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار أما بعد Distinguished guests, respected brothers and sisters You are most welcome to the Jima's 8th Jima's conference May Allah reward all of you his Jannah for your efforts and for your attendance This is the 8th Conference, Da'wah Conference conducted by Jimaz. May Allah reward the organizers of this organization. And may Allah make this event more successful than the previous ones. And may Allah grant quick recovery for our brothers, our brother Abu Muntasir. Because he doesn't feel well. And we hope, inshallah. He will be here tomorrow with us. So please pray for him from the core of your hearts. May Allah grant him quick recovery. And he passes his salam and regards to all of you. The theme of the conference, as you know, is the Holy Book of Allah, the Quran, the last revelation to man. This is the last revelation sent by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the guidance of mankind. And the message has been finalized and sealed by Muhammad sallallahu So no prophet or messenger will come after him. Even when Isa alayhi will descend, he will not bring a new law, he will not bring a new sharia, he will rule according to the sharia of Islam. So the Quran is the last revelation. 
sent for the guidance of mankind. And this revelation is unique in the real sense, in the real meaning of the word uniqueness. It is unique in its preciseness, accuracy. It was a challenge, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala challenged by it, by the Quran, the Arabs, and as it is known to many of you, that always the challenge which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, or the miracle which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will equip the messenger or the prophet with, it will be in the field of the people. The skills that the people mastered in order for the challenge to be meaningful. So the field that the people mastered, the, the, the messenger or the prophet will come with a miracle. Challenging them in the field which they understand very well. For instance, Musa salam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent him to the, to the Pharaoh. And magic was practiced in those days. So his miracle was suiting what was known and what the people were experts in it and experienced that. And they were masters. So when the, the magicians threw their robes and it appeared in front of the people as, as if they were snakes, Though the Fir'aun, the Pharaoh promised, he promised the magicians, they said, when, if we defeat Moses, what will happen? What will be our reward if we, uh, if we have the upper hand? He said, you will be my uh, advisors, I'll bring you closer to me, etc. So he promised them. But when Musa, alayhi salam, through the the, the, the staff or the stick, it became a real serpent. Allah transformed it into a real snake. So it swallowed everything. And the magicians were watching. Because the magician maybe will make this appear in front of me as a vase with a flower in it. But if there is another magician watching, he knows it is a glass, nothing has happened to it. He knows it. The ordinary people, they would think that this is now became a vase and there is a flower. But the other magician, he knows. Nothing has changed. But when they saw that the real staff and the real stick of Moses changed into a servant and snake and swallowed everything, they realized that this was not a magic. Because they know what magic is. So immediately, despite the promises that Pharaoh gave them. They believed in Allah. And they announced and they declared their iman and their testimony. And Fir'aun threatened them. said, I will cut your hands. I will crucify you in the trunks of the trees. Say, do whatever you like. So that was the challenge. The same thing, Isa alayhi salam, his challenge. At his time, people, they know medicine. So he healed the livers and the blind by Allah's permission. But the Arabs, they didn't have anything except the balagha, the eloquence, how to talk, poetry. That was their field. Everything they will 
put it in their poetry and they will paraphrase it in poems. So much so that they were proud of poetry that every there will be an annual contest for all the poets in Arabia and there will be arbitrators and committee by those famous poets and every poet will say his poem only once and this poem maybe will it might consist of 100, 200 verses and he will say it only once and everyone will memorize it. They were gifted and talented in that field. And the best poems will be put on the walls of the Kaaba. They call them Mu'allaqat. So they were the experts in the language. And Allah challenged them with this Quran. It was a challenge for them and they failed miserably. The experts themselves, they failed miserably. When the uh, Al-Walid ibn al-Mughira, he came and he heard the Qur'an from the Prophet He praised the Qur'an. So much so that when he came back to his people and they said, ah, tell us, what do you think of the Qur'an? He said, Inna lahu inna This Qur'an... It is so moving, so beautiful, that it can't be made by a human being. Because they know poetry, they know everything. So they told him, have you become sabi? Did you become sabi? Did you change your belief? Did you change your deen? He said, no. He said, you have to say something else. Don't say this to the common man. Then he said, in هَذَا إِلَّا سِحْرٌ he said nothing more than magic. That's what he said. Though internally he believes that it is not sihir, it's not magic. Abu Jahl and Abu Sufyan. Abu Sufyan, he said this when after he became a Muslim. He said we used to go at night and listen to the Quran when the Prophet ﷺ was reading. They couldn't resist. So at, in the morning they are saying that he is a, uh, possessed, he is a poet, etc. But at night, the Prophet ﷺ will be praying in the Kaaba, so they will go and listen to the Qur'an. Until the morning. Then they will, everyone will go to his house, and they ran many times into each other. Abu Lahab ran into Abu Jahl. As Abu Sufyan into Abu Jahl. In the dark. What are you doing? What are you doing? I'm listening like you. So promise me that you will not come next night. Promise me. Because if the people see you, then they will become Muslims. And each one promised the other, but none of them maintained his promise. The second night, the same thing happened. Why? They couldn't resist. The Quran is so attractive and so moving. That's why in the early days of the da'wah, the only jihad, وَجَاهِدْهُمْ بِهِ جِهَادًا كَبِيرًا That's the early days of the da'wah. Just read it. Read the Qur'an. Because they know it. Abu Bakr al-Siddiq, radiallahu anhu, when he was praying outside his house, they said, Abu Bakr, we will not allow you to pray in the open. Play inside your house. 
Our wives are listening to you. Our children are listening to you. So you will convert them to this new deen. So read inside your house. So the Quran is a challenge and unique. And it is a continuous challenge. A challenge for the Arabs, challenge for mankind until the last day. And according to the belief of Ahl Sunnah, that the Quran is the true word of Allah. Allah spoke this Quran. And Jibreel heard it from Allah. And he conveyed it to the Prophet ﷺ. And this Quran is going to be taken again. It will go to Allah towards the end of the world. Minhu bada wa ilayhi ya'ud. It began from Allah and it will go back to Allah. The Prophet ﷺ said, A night will come when the Quran will be removed from people's breasts and from the papers. People, they will get up, open the Quran, no Quran. Nothing there will, will be there in their memories on their hearts. So the Quran will go back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it is the true word of Allah. Allah spoke it, not like the Ash'aris or the Mu'tazilas. Those are two deviant sects. Maybe the, the Mu'tazila now, they don't exist. Though their theology and their... Uh, they are advocates for the Tizal again, trying to revive that heritage. But the Sha'ira, in this issue of the Qur'an, there is no difference between the Sha'ira and the Mu'tazira. And this creed is taught in Al-Azhar, taught in Zaytuna, taught in the Qairawan, most of the Muslim world, the creed of the Sha'ira. And what do they say regarding the Qur'an? The belief of Ahl Sunnah, that the Qur'an is the word of Allah. Kalam Allah, as Allah said, وَإِنْ أَحَدٌ مِّنَ الْمُشْرِكِينَ اسْتَجَارَكَ فَأَجِرْهُ حَتَّى يَسْمَعَ كَلَامَ اللَّهِ ثُمَّ أَبْلِقُهُ مَأْمَنَا If any of the mushriks ask you to give him, grant him shelter and protection, give him so. But after you make him listen to the Quran, حَتَّى يَسْمَعَ Until he hears, just hear. كَلَامُ اللَّهِ Allah's kalam, the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is the Quran. Allah said about the Quran, وَكَلَّمَ اللَّهُ مُوسَى تَكْلِيمًا So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke the Quran to Musa. Literally, he spoke and he talked to Musa alayhi salam. One of the Mu'tazila uh, came to one of the Qurra. And he said, Oh Shaykh, we will read this ayah. وَكَلَّمَ اللَّهُ مُوسَى تَكْلِيمًا وَكَلَّمَ اللَّهَ مُوسَى تَكْلِيمًا What will happen? The meaning has changed. Because here, Musa, the, this is, we call it Alf, Maksura. So the, the, uh, the sign of Iraq, which is the Dhamma, will not appear. So, وَكَلَّمَ اللَّهُ مُوسَى تَكْلِيمًا Allah spoke to Moses. But if we read it, وَكَلَّمَ اللَّهَ مُوسَى تَكْلِيمًا Now, the one who spoke is Moses. So the Mu'tazili, he said, we read the Quran in this way. So he told him, and what will you do with the other ayah? وَلَمَّا جَاءَ مُوسَى لِمِيقَاتِنَا وَكَلَّمَهُ رَبُّهُ What will you do with this? Okay? This, what can you do with this ayah? وَلَمَّا جَاءَ مُوسَى لِمِيقَاتِنَا And when Moses came to the appointed term, we appointed for him, point in time, وَكَلَّمَهُ رَبُّهُ And his Rabb spoke to him. 
So Allah spoke the Qur'an. It is the true word of Allah. So the Mu'tazila, they are saying the Qur'an is created, and that is kufr. The, the Ash'ariya, the Ash'aris, what they are saying? They are saying the same thing. But you know what they say? How they put it? They put it nicely and subtly. They say, Al-Qur'an ibaratun an kalamillah. Ibara. I'll explain to you what's the meaning of ibara. If, for instance, you have a child who's deaf, who's dumb, who can't speak, and you take your child to the doctor, and the doctor wants to diagnose, and he wants to know what the child is suffering from. He can't communicate with your child, so now you will use your own uh, tricks and your own signs, which you, your convention, which you establish with the child. So you will ask the child, and the child will say what he has. Now you will be talking to the doctor and say, the child has this, he has the pain here in the abdomen, he has here, he has... So now, what you are saying to the doctor, is it the words, the, the, the words of the child or your words? Your words. So this is ibarah. In other words, you are expressing, you are talking on the behalf of the child. Astaghfirullah al-Azim. This is what they are saying. They say Allah didn't speak. Allah didn't speak. So Jibreel, he expressed. Jibreel understood what is inside, what Allah wanted to say. They shall it kalamullah nafsi. Say, Jibreel, he knew what Allah wants to say, so he put it in his own words. So the Quran is not the word of Allah. This is what the Ashairah is saying. This is what is taught in the Jawhara. Jawhara the Tawheed, taught in the Azhar, taught everywhere. And they are propagating it. And this is kufr. No doubt about it. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, when Al-Walid ibn al-Maghira said, in hadha illa qawlu al-bashar, Allah said, sa'uslihi saqar. Imam Tahawi in his aqidah said, so when you now, we realize that when Al-Walid al-Maghira said, in hadha illa qawlu al-bashar, barely these are the words of man, Human beings, Allah said, "Sa'uslihi sakar." I will cast him and throw him into the hellfire, because he said it is kalam al-bashar. It's the word of human being, because it's not kalam al-bashar. It's not the words of a human being. It's the word of the Lord of the human beings. <clears throat> so this Quran is a challenge until Allah Subhanahu wa Taala takes it and removes it. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says in Surah Al-Baqarah. قُلْ إِنْ كُنْتُمْ فِي رَيْبٍ مِمَّا نَزَّلْنَا عَلَىٰ عَبِيدِنَا فَأْتُوا بِسُورَةٍ مِّنْ مِثْلِهِ وَادْعُوا شُهَدَاءَكُمْ مِّنْ دُونِ اللَّهِ إِنْ كُنْتُمْ صَادِقِينَ فَإِنْ لَمْ تَفْعَلُوا وَلَنْ تَفْعَلُوا فَاتَّقُوا النَّارَ الَّتِي وَقُودُهَا النَّاسُ وَالْحِجَارَةِ أُعِدَّتْ لِلْكَافِرِينَ This is the challenge. This is the Quran. Allah said, and if you are in doubt about what we have sent down upon our servant, Upon our slave, Muhammad sallallahu then produce a surah, the like thereof. Min mithlihi. In surah al-Isra, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, bi mithlihi. Which is not the same. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this is challenging them more and more. Say, okay, you produce a surah like the Quran. And I know that you will not be able to do them. Then, bring an ayah. 
Bring a surah not mithlihi, min mithlihi. What does it mean, min mithlihi? It means anything that any, I mean, impartial arbitrator, they say, we produce this ayah. What do you think? Is there any resemblance? Any likeness? Yes, Allah will accept that. It's not exactly like the Quran. Just as long as it will be resembling it. Min mithlihi. And they failed miserably. This is the Quran. This is the Quran, a challenge from mankind. And if you are in doubt about what we have sent down upon the servant, our servant Muhammad sallallahu then produce a surah the like thereof. And call your witnesses, supporters, other than Allah, if you should be, able, you should be truthful. Whomever you want to help, call them to help you. And now the Christians, they manage. Okay? They produce a Quran. But which Quran? Like Musaylam's Quran. I saw it on the internet. This Quran they produced. See? Musaylam al-Kadhab, at the time of the Prophet ﷺ, he wrote a letter to the Prophet ﷺ. He said, Oh, Muhammad, Abdullah, you are the Prophet in Hijaz and Prophet in Yamama. So we'll divide the prophethood and messengership, so 50-50. So the Prophet ﷺ, sent him a letter from Muhammad ibn Abdullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam so this Musaylam produced a Quran his Quran what he produced see what he produced وَالْخَابِزَاتِ خَبْزَا وَالْعَاجِنَاتِ عَجْنَا is this the Quran? okay those who know Arabic they understand وَالْخَابِزَاتِ خَبْزَا and by the women when they need the bread and the needers when they need the bread. You know, needing. Is this Quran? This is Musaylamas. This is what he said. Or, Ya Zifda'a bint Zifda'een, Nukki walla la tu Nukkeen, Nusfiki fil ma'u, Nusfiki fil teen. Is this Quran? Huh? Or frog, a daughter of another frog. Huh? This is what is Quran and Musaylamah. Make a noise or don't make a noise. Half of you in the water, half of you in land. This is what? Musaylamas. The Christians now, they produce Musaylamas. They say, here, we meet the challenge. If the experts failed, the experts failed, now you will manage? 1400 years. Ago, your fathers, the Arabs, they failed. Now, the new versions of the Bible for the Arabs, you'll read, see them writing, Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim, and it will be like the Quran. Say, Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. If you listen to Monte Carlo late at night, you think you're listening to the Quran. Tajweed, like Abdul Basit. This is what they are doing. These are the tricks. But they failed and they will fail because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that they will fail. <coughs> also Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Isra, Say if mankind and the jinn. And see the beauty in the Quran. Here he says, there, in another place, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, قُلْ يَا مَعْشَرَ الْجِنِّ وَالْإِنسِ إِنْ اسْتَطَعْتُمْ أَنْ تَنْفِذُوا مِنْ أَقْطَارِ السَّمَاوَ
There he mentioned the jinn first. And then mankind. If you can't penetrate huh, to, the, to the horizons and reach the skies, do so. And you will never. Allah will huh, burn you with shooting stars. You will never do that. But here Allah subhanahu Why there he mentioned the jinn first and here he is mentioning the ins first. Mankind. The scholars they say, here the challenge is for the humans. And the challenge is related to the balagha and bayan. And man in this field, he is the master. Okay? It's about eloquence now. So this what man is the master in this field. So that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned here the mankind, the ends before the jinn. There it talks about quick movement, fast movement, and the jinn, no one can beat them. They move so fast. That's why many of the Sufis who pray all the five prayers in the, in the haram, huh? they are subasonic. Huh? See, all the five prayers in Makkah. See, the jinn, they carry them. As Sheikh Islam ibn Taymiyyah mentioned, he said, subhanallah, many of them, they will attend only the day of Arafah. On the day of Arafah, they will be on, on, on the Mount of Arafat. Eid, they will be back with their family. Imagine. So Sheikh Islam said, they will pass the miqat, no ihram, nothing. Because the jinn, they carry them. And the evidence for this is what the Prophet ﷺ said. As in Sunan Sa'id ibn Mansur, authentic narration, authenticated even by our Sheikh Muhammad Nasuddin al-Albani, rahmanullah ta'ala. The Prophet ﷺ said, al-jinn thalathatu asnaf. Jinn are three types. Qismun, yatir. وَقِسْمٌ عَلَى شَكْلِ حَيَّاتِ وَكِلَابِ وَقِسْمٌ يَضْعَنُونَ وَيُقِيمُونَ مَعْكُمْ So there are three types of jinn. One type, they fly. So if you see someone flying, it's not a karama or a miracle or he's a holy man. No. The man who was flying at the time of Sheikh Islam ibn Taymiyyah, flying from the top of the mountain of Gassion in Damascus, and he will land huh, and explain, and the people will say, he's wali. He said, yes, wali of shaitan. And that's the reason why he compiled his book, Al-Furqan, Bayna Awliya Rahman Awliya Shaitan, the criteria between the allies of Allah and the allies of the Shaitan. That's why Imam Shafi'i said, if you see the man flies in the sky or walks in the water, don't believe him until you check him and against the Quran and Sunnah. Otherwise, if you go to India, you see the Indians are doing wonders. That means, are they walis? Yes, they are walis of the Shaitan, no doubt. So here Allah, so there, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned the jinn because the jinn, they move fast, they move fast and they travel fast. That's why the one, the ifrit, qala ifritun min al-jinn to Salomon, ana atika bihi, qablan tukum min makam. So before you sit, before you get up, the throne from, of the queen of Sheba will be in front of you. So he will bring the, queen, the chair or the throne of the queen of Sheba from Yemen, to Palestine, just before you get up and before you sit down. That means they have this ability to move. That's why Allah mentioned them here. But here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned the ins first. And of course, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that you, jinn and mankind, help each other, back each other, and try to produce one ayah, and they will never do that. And they will fail. So, so the theme of the conference, or the theme is the Qur'an, the last revelation. And as we know, that the whole world, brothers and sisters, the problem with us is that we have this treasure, the Qur'an, and 
Humanity is suffering. The whole world is suffering. And we have the remedy. We have the cure for their problems. We Muslims, we can offer solutions for them. We have it. But unfortunately, we Muslims are looking and seeking solutions for our problems from them. Can you ask someone who is drowning and sinking to save you, to rescue you? He's sinking and drowning. When you have everything in your hand, you have this Quran. The solution for all problems. If they want, they have to accept the Quran. Humanity is suffering. Families are broken. Children are killing each other. People are kidnapping children. You don't feel security is not there. Morality finished. Nothing called now. Nothing is, is there. No more, no more morality. No more ethical values. Yes, this is history now. Talk about history. That word which you used to find in the lexicons, taboo, is not there. You'll never find it, I'm sure, in the coming versions. Nothing is called taboo. Homosexuality is something normal. He is fulfilling his biological needs. Okay? It's nothing. It's normal. That is due. He has these hormones. And, that, and you find people try to justify the wickedness and immorality. Okay? So bishops, they are homosexuals. No problem. Okay? Your representative in the parliament, a gay, homosexual, no problem. Okay? Man can marry a man. A woman can marry another woman. This is what is happening now. So the whole people, the whole humanity is suffering and they are lost. And only Islam, Islam, they should study Islam objectively and biased and take it. This is the solution for the problems. So it is our duty as Muslims to share this guidance with the people. And our forefathers, the early Muslims, there were 100,000 who attended the Hajj with the Prophet ﷺ. Only few of them who died within Arabia, within the boundaries of Arabia. The majority of them, they died outside. Why? Spreading the word of Allah. Because they felt that there was a huge burden on their shoulders. And the Prophet ﷺ was asking Allah and asking them, Oh, you are my witness, my Lord. And those who are present should inform those who are absent. So the message reached them. And they left Arabia. Spreading this light as Rabi ibn Amr, rahimahullah ta'ala wa radiyallahu anhu. When he came to Rustum, the commander of the Persians, and the narration says that his sword was very short, Rustam's sword. And the Arabs, they were short also in stature. Weak horses. Make a comparison between the Roman swords and the Arab swords. The Arab sword is very thin. The Roman sword is that huh, flat, that wide. And they defeated the Romans and they defeated the Persians. Because they were spreading the word of Allah... To mankind. So Rustam said to Rabbi, What brought you 
You want wheat, flour, date, because that's what is known. The Arabs, they would come to the, to, to the Persians or to the Romans for that only. Before Islam, the Arabs, there were two groups. Manadira and Ghassasina. The Manadira, they are allies for the Persians. Ghassasina for the Romans. In the wars between Muslims and the Persians, Khalid ibn Walid, and this is one of his military skills, he will find in front of him the Arabs in the front lines. So he will address the Arabs. How do you fight your cousins? How do you fight us when Allah has chosen us and has given us this deen? And you are fighting us? Defending those who are enslaving you? And many times, many of them, they will join, become Muslims and join Khalid. So Rustam said, disdainfully, looking upon Rib'i, you came for flower, date, the Bi said, no. No. Situation has changed. No. We didn't come for that. ومن ضيق الدنيا إلى سعة الآخرة ومن جور الأديان إلى عدل الإسلام. Beautiful words. He said, "We are sent forth by Allah." To bring the people out of the darkness of the earthly religion into the light of Islam. And to liberate man from the oppression of his own brother to the justice of Islam. And from the narrowness of this world to the vastness of the hereafter. This is what Rabbi said. What changed Rabbi? This Quran. What changed Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu anhu? Who was before Islam, drinking alcohol, he buried his daughter alive, worshipping idols. We read in history that he said two things when I recall. One of them makes me laugh, the other makes me cry. The one that makes me cry whenever I come across this ayah, وَإِذَا الْمَوْؤُودَةُ سُئِلَتْ بِأَيِّدًا بِقُتِلَتْ When the mawuda, the female girl, is going to be questioned. And the one who buried her alive is going to be questioned. What was her sin? What was the justification behind killing an innocent child? And you know the background of this? That one tribe invaded another tribe. This is the background. Before Islam. One tribe invaded another tribe. And they took the daughter of the chief of the tribe as a captive. And then after the, the peace negotiation and they came to an agreement... The daughter refused to go back to her father. And she got married. 
So the father took an oath. Any girl that comes after her, he will bury her alive. Because he brought disgrace upon him. And the Arabs followed him. So the Arabs were burying their daughters alive. Because they were afraid of the Arab disgrace that might the daughters bring upon them. Umar ibn Khattab, his wife was pregnant and she delivered and she didn't tell him. And finally, and the narration says that he used to breastfeed her child and come back, gave the child to someone. And then when the child, she informed him. And now the child is a toddler and growing up. And she thought now it is secure and safe that he will never kill the child. So he said to his wife, please, beautify and adorn your daughter because we are going to visit some people. And he took his, he grabbed his daughter. And he took her to the desert and he started digging the grave. The narration said that while, she, while he was digging the grave, she was removing the dust from his beard. Innocent child, she didn't know what will happen to her. And then he buried her alive. So whenever he reads this ayah, he cries. The second thing that makes him laugh, he said, I used to have an idol made of date. Made of date. So I will take this idol, worship this idol, pray to this idol when I am full. When I am full, I'll pray to the idol. But when I am hungry, I will start eating the idol. So I say, okay, today no problem, we'll eat one ear, one nose, one hand. Okay, until he finished his god. Then he'll make another god. Okay? This is what changed Umar ibn Khattab. Umar ibn Khattab, عنه, this man who did this, what the Prophet said about him. مَا سَلَكَ ibn Khattab if Umar is walking in this valley, the shaitan will walk and run and walk in another one. The shaitan will never meet Umar, will run away from Umar. The Prophet there was an Abyssinian lady dancing in Medina, and the children were clapping their hands, and then Umar appeared, and the children then ran away. Prophet said, The shaitan ran away, and this shaitan ran away also. When she saw Umar ibn Khattab. Umar ibn Khattab, he entered the house of the Prophet and he found that the women of the Prophet the wives of the Prophet were raising their voices and arguing with the Prophet When Umar entered, all of them kept quiet. All of them. He said, you are afraid of me and you don't lower your voices in front of the Prophet He said, if the shaitan runs away from you. Okay? Shaitan runs away from you. And this is the Prophet he's rahmatan lil alameen. He's a merciful mankind. So that is Umar ibn al-Khattab. But the Quran chained him. Umar ibn al-Khattab, he had two black lines in his cheeks. 
Why? This marks because he was always kind. Always. This Umar ibn Khattab, if anyone tells him, Oh Umar, fear Allah, he will fall down. Immediately. So the Quran changed the life of Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu anhu. And this Quran brought justice. The Adl. In Bukhari, in the hadith of Hirakal, as you know, the first question Hirakal, Heraclius asked, who follows him? Who follows him? Those who are oppressed or the noble? Abu Sufyan said, no, those who are oppressed. He said, always the followers of the prophets will be from among those who are oppressed. Always. So now, why the oppressed responded so quickly and positively to the call of Islam? Why? Because this da'wah came to liberate them. Justice. No difference between a black and a white, between noble and ignoble. No difference at all. This is the criteria. That the best among you in the sight of Allah, is those who fear Allah most. The muttaqun, those who have taqwa, the piety. When one day, Abu Dharr al-Ghifari radiallahu anhu, he made a mistake one day. What did he say? He said to Bilal ibn al-Sawda. This is what he said. Abu Dhar, he said this word to the to Bilal, O son of the black woman. Upon that, the Prophet got very, very angry and said, Inna kamru'un fi kajahiliyah. You, Abu Dhar, you have a quality of jahiliyyah in you. Still, you have that jahiliyyah quality. Abu Dhar said, Ala kibar sinni, Though I am this old now, I still have that remnant. And this quality of jahiliyyah? He said, yes. And he came to apologize to Bilal. And he said to Bilal, Oh Bilal, put your foot on my cheek. I will place my cheek on the earth, put step over it. And Bilal said, Ma'adallah. No way. How can I step over a cheek that prostrated for Allah? May Allah forgive you. So this is it. Islam, justice. Wrote the justice. So those who were oppressed, the early Muslims, Ammar, they were slaves. Ammar. Sumayyah, Yasir, Bilal. The first shahida in Islam was Sumayyah. The first lady to die was Sumayyah. She was stabbed by Umayyah ibn Khalaf by the spear in her private part. That's what happened to her. 
The Prophet ﷺ used to pass by them, and the only thing he would say, Sabran ala yasir fa inna mawidukum al jannah. Nothing else. O family of Yasir, be patient. We'll meet in the jannah. We'll meet there. That's it. Bilal, they were dragging him on the scorching hot sand in Mecca. And he was dressed in armors. You know armors? Metal ones. Imagine the metal, the heat of the sand, and they were dragging him on it. In Mecca. This deen, brothers and sisters, men, they sacrificed for it. Men, they sacrificed for this deen. Until it reached us. They were dragging him on the hot sand in Mecca. And the only word he would say, Ahadun, Ahad, Ahadun, Ahad. He's the one and only, he's the one and only. That's it. And he said, by Allah, I used to mix the sweetness of Ahadun, Ahad with the pain. And the sweetness huh, dominates. The sweetness. I don't feel the pain. And he said, by Allah, had I found another word to provoke them, to incite them, to make them more angry, I would say it. This is Bilal. That's why Umar ibn Khattab used to say, Sayyiduna wa'a'taqa Sayyidana. When he was addressing Abu Bakr, he said, he is our master, and he set free our master, referring to Bilal. One day in Medina, Khabbab, people they were mentioning what happened to them in Mecca, and he removed his garment. And his back was completely white. And he said, do you know what is the cause of this whiteness? They placed me naked on charcoal. Know the charcoal? And the only thing that put out the fire was the fat of my back. The fat. When it melted, that put the fire out. That's what happened. To the early Muslims. So before now we come to the end, inshallah, of the uh, opening speech. What is what should be our role? What should be our role? And before I talk about our role, inshallah, I just like to mention this hadith which is in Bukhari, and the Prophet said, "Innama tunsaruna wa turzaquna." See, the beauty of this hadith, what the Prophet ﷺ said. He said, you are, verily you will be only helped and provided because of the weak and the poor ones among you. So the nasr, the victory, and the rizq, the provision, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala provides because of those poor and weak. Those who are poor and weak among us. And our role should be, insha'Allah, as it is known to many of you, that the world now, and this is from among the signs of the hour, among the signs of the hour, that the distance places will get closer. And now because of the high tech and high technology, the means of communication becoming so fast, so that the whole world is what they call it, Qariyatun Sagira.
This is now just like a village, a small village. What happens in the other end of the world, of the globe, you see it immediately. And the disbelievers and the mischievers on earth, they are utilizing this technology to dominate and to globalize the whole world. And they want to impose their own culture. And globalization is nothing more than colonization in a new, new form. So they want to impose their own cult, culture, their own faith, their own belief on us. Though that the da'wah Islamiyah, this true deen, is the global deen. The deen is a global deen. Globalization, Islam calls for globalization. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He sent this deen and He revealed and He sent it down that this deen will supersede and prevail over any other deen. Allah says, هُوَ الَّذِي أَرْسَلَ رَسُولَهُ بِالْهُدَى وَدِينِ الْحَقِّ لِيُظْهِرَهُ عَلَى الدِّينِ كُلَّهِ So Allah, it is He who sent His Prophet بِالْهُدَى with the guidance and deen al-haqq and the true religion لِيُظْهِرَهُ عَلَى الدِّينِ كُلَّهِ that this deen is going to supersede and prevail over any other deen. We have no doubt about this, brothers and sisters. Islam is going to dominate as Allah promised and the Prophet ﷺ mentioned in the authentic narrations. And we are going to conquer Rome by Allah. Rome with the Pope is sitting now in the Vatican. We are going to have it. No doubt about this. That's what the Masadiq al-Masduq said. But when? When we abide to this book, when we follow its instructions, when we change our lives, then and only then Allah will grant us this privilege and this victory. As one of the scholars said, he said, only two people among the Muslims who liberated Palestine, uh, the Jerusalem. Umar ibn al-Khattab and Salah al-Din al-Ayyubi. And who is now equivalent to them? Is there anyone? Equal to Umar or equal to Salah al-Din? Umar ibn al-Khattab, when he was going to Jerusalem to receive the keys of Jerusalem, the patriarchs, the patriarchs, they were lining up to receive him. His garment was full of batches, stitched, old one, many batches in it. <coughs> Abu Ubaidah said, Oh Amir al Mu'mineen, you are going to receive and you are going to. See, uh, you are going to be seen by the heads of the Christians. Why don't you change this shabby cloth? Shabby cloth. Change it. Wear something nice. Because you represent us. What did Umar answer? Ah, I wish that some, someone else said this. I would have beaten him up. That's what Umar said. Allah lifted us and raised our status by this deen. 
If we look for izzah, might and glory in other than this deed, we will be humiliated. And this is the situation. We are humiliated because we are looking for the might and glory where with the kuffar. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala washed his hands off us. Salah al-Din al-Ayyubi rahimahullah, they said that we never saw him smiling. Never. And he said, I feel ashamed of myself. How can I smile when the holy mosque is under the hands of the kuffar? How can I smile? So, so that victory will be given and granted when we go back to our deen. And I end up with this ayah where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying about the universality and the, that this message of Islam is a global message for every man. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, That the Prophet was sent as rahmah, a mercy for al-alameen. But underlying for al-alameen. Not mankind, al-alameen. For the animals, kingdom of animals, kingdom of plants, everything. The Prophet is rahmah. Rahmah. Among the miracles of the Prophet to see this rahmah, that he's a rahmah even for the inanimate objects. Inanimate objects, he is a rahmah for them. In the masjid, his masjid, he used to give the khutbah, the jum'ah, before the mimbar. So when they built the mimbar, the first khutbah he gave, before he used to stand against a trunk of a tree, trunk. The first khutbah he started, the trunk started to weep, to cry. And all the people in the masjid heard the cry of the trunk. Until the Prophet ﷺ came down and held the trunk. Al-Hasan al-Basri rahimahullah used to say, can't you be like the trunk? At least like the trunk? The Prophet ﷺ, he was in one of his ghazawat, military expedition, he saw a bird flying around him. And all the narrations I mentioned are authentic. Flying around him. So he found and he realized that this bird, someone has done something wrong to this bird. He said, who scared? Who frightened this bird? They said, oh Prophet of Allah, we took its chicks. He said, give the bird its chicks. He entered one field, a farm in Medina. And he found a camel. And when the camel saw the Prophet the camel wept and cried. Till the Prophet placed his hand on the hump of the camel. And the camel kept quiet. And the camel complained to the Prophet And he said, where is the owner of the camel? And one of the Ansar came. He said, the camel is complaining to you, about you, that you don't feed him, feed the camel well. So feed, take care of the camel. So the Prophet ﷺ, brothers and sisters, he's rahmatan lil'alameen, and this deen is a rahmah lil'alameen, and we have to carry this rahmah. We have to carry this torch of light. Share it. Read it to the people. Implement its, its instructions in your life. Live the Qur'an. Then and only then, Allah will change our situation. As He promised, إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُغَيِّرُ مَا بِقَوْمٍ حَتَّى يُغَيِّرُ مَا بِأَنفُسِهِمْ Allah will never change our situation. 
And listen until we change ourselves. So the chain has to start from within ourselves. And may Allah reward you again for your attendance, inshallah. And uh, inshallah, may Allah grant quick recovery for our brothers Abu Muntasar, inshallah. And inshallah, we'll be here tomorrow. And inshallah, uh, we are going to have a break. Uh, and by 6.30, for 15 minutes, 6.30, brother Jamal, our respected brother and scholar, uh, he's going to give us a talk today, inshallah, about Allah's final revelation. So inshallah, for 15 minutes, we'll go outside, take a fresh air, and come back, inshallah. May Allah reward all of you. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum.